from him who comes into the midst of trial and trouble and death to bring forgiveness and love and life. Be all grace and mercy and peace as we rejoice. Amen. Today's text is our gospel lesson, especially the words of John as he asks the question, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? This is our text. It's a question that you and I have asked many times over. Maybe it comes late at night or very early in the morning when you're all alone with your thoughts. It usually comes as a result of mounting fears or nagging doubts or unsettling uncertainties. It's a question that we ask when we realize in life that not everything comes all wrapped up like a Christmas present with a nice bow tied neatly on top. And though we may often ask the question, few of us actually have the courage to really say it out loud. It's the same question John asks Jesus. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? It's easy to see from where this question comes, because life is unfair. We, we look at the world around us, and it's so unreasonable. Godly people have so many bad things happening to them, and it seems as though the wicked have so many good things happening to them. They come out ahead, and we can't understand why. Think about John the Baptist. He knew it very well. Contemplate his life today. Think about the way it began. He was conceived in a miraculous way to a woman who had been way beyond the years of childbearing. And while he was still in the womb, the Holy Spirit surged within him when he came into the presence of Jesus in his mother's womb and he leapt for joy. His own father said that he would become the prophet of the Most High. And then he was riding high as he carried out this ministry of fiery proclamation to people out in the wilderness and throngs, crowds of people came out to him. But suddenly his whole life is turned upside down. He finds himself in a dank, dark prison with an executioner sharpening his sword and he sees Jesus' ministry from a distance and it's different from what he thought it might be. John's experience sitting in prison contradicts the reports about what he's hearing about Jesus. I wonder if you've ever felt that way. Your life experience is different from the way you think it should look because you are a Christian, because you have God in your life, and you begin to question, you begin to wonder, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? There's a recent movement in, or maybe I should say out of Christianity that you may or may not have heard of, called deconstruction. It comes out of the experience of people who have had what they consider to be damaging experiences in the church at one point in time in their life or another. And the whole idea of the movement is to drill down and eliminate things that are false or inauthentic about their belief system, about their Christianity. 
And so it becomes this big intellectual pursuit. These people want to get to the truth. But the problem is that the truth that they seek is far too often based on their own experience rather than on the revealed truth of God's word. Derek Webb is a well-known and well-respected Christian musician who was part of a very influential Christian band way back in the 90s called Cademan's Call. And he's a major player in this movement called Deconstruction. In fact, on his own most recent solo album, he wrote a song called Goodbye for Now where he talks about his relationship with God. He says, so either you aren't real or I am just not chosen. Maybe I'll never know. Either way, my heart is broken. So goodbye for now. Derek Webb even has a podcast called The Airing of Grief where listeners call in and, and talk about their stories of deconversion, of moving away from the faith, and it becomes this big celebrated thing. It's very, very sad. You may know that C.S. Lewis, before he became a Christian, was actually an atheist. And C.S. Lewis wrote this, my argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? And so for Lewis, the problem of evil led him to faith in God. But in the case of some of those deconstructing their faith, the problem of evil in this world leads to unbelief and movement away from faith in God. God help us from missing Jesus in our midst and looking for another. Are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? This week I spoke with one of our own members who just can't seem to figure out why things are not going well in life. It seems like just one bad thing after another is happening. This member can't get ahead. There's problems with health. There's problems with employment. And so the questions in life naturally surface. Has God left me? Why doesn't he answer my prayers? When will things get better for me? But unlike Derek Webb, this fellow member of yours is turning not to deconstruction of faith, but this member is turning to the Bible, turning to prayer, turning to the support and help and love of fellow members. But sometimes the experience of life is different from what we thought it might be. There are times when we might feel like John the Baptist, that that. The, that the way life is going is different from what the Christian life might look like. So we mistakenly think that just because we are believers, everything's going to go well and, and good and be fruitful. But there is sin. There's evil. There are demonic forces in this world that will do anything and everything to drag us away, to pull us away from our faith in God and our belief in Jesus as our Savior. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? So what's going on in your life right now? 
what is it that's trying to drag you down? We look around at the news and we see all these reports of people losing their homes, some people losing their lives as a result of floods and fires. We have our own individual trials and tribulations that sometimes overwhelm us and sometimes even more so in this season that's supposed to be filled with joy. So many of us are lonely or depressed or troubled. And we even look at church, even our own church, and, and we see a different church from what it used to be when people were faithful and involved and committed. And so we ask, are you the one who is to come, Jesus, or Shall we look for another? We are all too often reminded that God will not be domesticated. We cannot tame God. He doesn't play by our rules. He doesn't take orders from us. And the, the sooner we learn that lesson, the better it is for us in our lives. The prophet Isaiah, whom we heard from in many of our uh, services, put it like this millennia ago. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's a good thing to know, but it's not necessarily good news, is it? To realize that God's thoughts are higher than ours and his ways are higher than ours. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? We live in a world that is decaying, that's dying, that's dead. But here's how Jesus answered John, and, and it's how he answers us today. He says to John's disciples, go and tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So no matter what prison you find yourself in, Jesus answers not with death, but he answers with life. His actions speak for themselves, and he acts for you on your behalf. Take a look at what he does. Blind eyes light up. Crippled limbs are loosed up. Diseased skin is cleaned up. Deaf ears are opened up. Dead bodies are raised up. And people who are poor are picked up. Every single one of these signs, if you think about them, every single one of these signs is about the restoration of life. In fact, all of these things came into laser focus after the dead body of Jesus is raised up. His eyes light up. His limbs loosen up. His gray skin is cleared up. And poor people are good newsed with the gospel of forgiveness and life. And so Jesus caps off his words to John by saying, Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now, there can be all kinds of reasons in life for us to be offended by God, by the way he does things. There are all kinds of reasons to question God, why he doesn't seem to behave the way we want him to behave. Because it's hard to live in this life. 
There are broken families and failing health and loneliness. It's, it's hard to accept all the abuse that there is in this world and neglect and addiction and abandonment. But Jesus gets that. That's why he adds this little postscript at the end. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Blessed is the one who doesn't stumble when God's divine wisdom is far greater than what our little minds can understand. Blessed is the one who doesn't try to tell God what to do, but instead, blessed is the one who receives, thankfully, all the good gifts that God gives, but especially the gifts of forgiveness and life. Blessed is the one who acknowledges and states with faith that Jesus is Lord, even and especially in difficult times, and that his reign is always good and always for our best. You are baptized into the death of Jesus. But even more than that, you are baptized into the resurrection of Jesus. Now, you may not be able to control your life or the circumstances that surround it. You certainly can't control your death or when that might happen. But know this today. You are baptized. You are a baptized child of God. And in that most holy act, God has acted in your life to give you the gift of faith, to believe and trust in him, even when your experience in this world fights against it. Jesus has come to do what he's doing, and what he does is always good and always life-giving. And on one ultimate day, your eyes will light up. Your limbs will loose up. Your formerly dead gray skin will be cleared up. And you will know perfectly miraculous life that came through the suffering death and death of Jesus for you. There is no greater reason for Advent joy than that. In Jesus' name, amen.